Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. <laughs> we'll be answering some, question, <laughs> answering some questions and questioning some answers uh, tonight during the show. Uh, tonight's theme is going to be Spielberg movies. Yes! Oh! I like Steven. that header image. Where did you get it from? Uh, I stole it from the internet. <laughs> Pretty Don't nice. ask me to reveal my secrets. Uh, let's meet our teams uh, tonight, starting with the team to my left. Do we have a team name? We do. Lay it on me. War Horse of the World. <laughs> War Horse Those of the World. Those are two of them. Very good. Uh, and let's meet our individual players, starting with the far end, please. I'm Liz Anderson. Mm-hmm. That's Madison it. Kirby. Oh. I'm Johnny O'Mara. Great, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> let's let's meet our team to my right. Uh, what is our team name? Sure. We also have two movies in our name, so mm. I guess it's a tie. We're Schindler's Listicle. It's Jawsome. <laughs> That's two of them. Mm. <laughs> well, you really put a hat in a hat with that name, huh? <laughs> what? That's it's Jawsome. Jaws. Is like Jaws no, I'm aware of that. And, and, yeah, sure. And street sharks and it's stuff. It's not good when the host doubts everything you say. <laughs> yeah, off to a bad start. Let's meet our players starting on the front, please. Uh, my name is Sammy Tamimi, and much like a Spielbergian protagonist, I have many daddy issues. <laughs> oh my God, are you doing okay tonight? He, he's not here, so Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> That's my first I'm Kayla Molinix. <laughs> Thank you, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else about me. <laughs> I'm Heather Scholl. Thank you, Heather. All right, let's let's get started. <laughs> We're on a time crunch here, guys. All right, let's uh, start with War Horse of the Worlds. This is a question for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you've already earned your first amount of points. Present. I'll give points for being polite. Okay. This time. You can do that. Uh, Steven Spielberg. Holy cats! This guy has made a ton of movies. Many of does not a cats oh. question. Oh, you shoot! Many of his movies are great examples of modern Hollywood escapist filmmaking. You know what else escapes? Animals from zoos. In 2016, a creature escaped from captivity in New Zealand. How? Because it figured out how to open the door to its enclosure. What animal learned how to escape its enclosure in 2016? And I'll give you bonus points if you know its name. I want to break free. I want to break free. I want to break free from your lies, yeah. Warhorse of the Worlds, what uh, animal learned how to escape its enclosure in 2016? It was just a little nasty boy octopus. Oh, nasty boy octopus. <laughs> and what was its Christian name? <laughs> um, we can come back to that. Octopus. Yeah, okay, great. <laughs> octopus the octopus. Yes. Oh, so those scientists were really creative. So my question is, uh, what kind of enclosure was it kept in, and exactly how did it escape? Mm-hmm. It would, uh, like, so... Did oct- you just make the okay symbol at me? <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> howdy uh, no because uh, octopus octopi can like squeeze through 
like basically any size hole, so it went through its own air tubes in the tanks that it was. I don't in. think that was the question. No. That's what it was. was I, think, I think it said what could get. Oh, it is get out of the enclosure because it opened the door though. Yeah, yeah? and that but, sounds to me like it did not open. Well, the enclosure is the tank, and it got out. But then it learned how to pick locks and got out of the aquarium. <laughs> and now we haven't seen. There was like a video that was circling around the internet of like an octopus on a ship that like got through the tiny pipe, and it was like a long video. It was pretty amazing because it was a huge octopus. But I watched the whole thing, of course, even though I knew what was going to happen. But it sounds like maybe that, but this was just on a boat. Did you guys see the octopus that fought a bald eagle? What? No. Yeah, it caught one in Canada. Well, and well, like, that's what the eagle gets for going into the ocean. Yes, <laughs> I know that, but then Who, the fishermen... I'd like to see an ocean... Or, wait, oh, there goes that joke. Never mind. <laughs> Who won? Octopus uh, are terrifying. Well, a fisherman like, got in the way and like got the octopus off the eagle, which I think is unfair to the octopus. He won that eagle. Did the octopus uh. like, breach like a porpoise through the water and just go at the bird? I don't no. What do you mean by that, Madison? Like an octopus reached through the water like a porpoise. Breach. Ah, uh, like, breached. Like oh! <laughs> one more time. Oh! Yeah, that's that's it. It. it sounds more scared than threatening. An eagle. Do we think they're telling the truth or are they lying? They are lying. Liars. Okay. Uh, the reason we know this is Kayla had a dog with the same animal mm-hmm. uh, that did this. It was actually a bear, and the name of your dog is the same one as the bear. Yeah. Which was. Oh, the name of the bear? Or the dog. Steven. Steven, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it actually, it was an octopus. His name was oh, Inky. We were close. <laughs> By saying octopus? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you were. Yeah, so he figured out how to open the lid of its tank, and then he slid across the floor during the night and squeezed his body through a narrow pipe that led to the ocean. Yeah. Isn't that nice? He breached. He did breach. Inky's like a woman so giving gone. birth, he breached himself into the... Womb of the ocean. Okay, Schindler's <laughs> Listicle. It's Jawsome. This is a question for you. Spielberg made his name as one of our greatest living directors, but his legacy... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Well, they're, they're, uh, they're also great dead directors. <laughs> but he's one of the greatest living ones. And his legacy runs much further in all, uh, than all of the wonderful movies he's produced um, behind the scenes. Uh, one of my favorites is The Land Before Time, a colorful adventure about dinosaurs that spawned 65 million sequels. Yep, yep. <laughs> the film is short, only about 69 minutes long. Nice. nice. But it was originally longer. During production, director... Well, Don- I want to give a point to that guy in the audience because he was right on time with you. What, uh, what's your name? Jake. Thank you, Jake. You're now in the game. <laughs> He said it literally on time with you. <laughs> uh, but it was originally longer. Uh, 120 minutes? It was originally 120 minutes. <laughs> nice. That's right. Nice. That's, that's, that? no. um, that's the weed number. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. And that, hey, yeah, dude. baby, that number's legal now. That, that's right. Before, we had to jump Wait, from 419 to 421. All right. Anyway, during production, director Don Bluth was forced to cut about 10 minutes of footage at the behest of uh, Spielberg and fellow producer George Lucas. What was the reason 10 minutes of footage was cut from the final version of The Land Before Time? What do we think? Why did 10 minutes get cut from this film? Uh, because the dinosaurs die at the end. Okay. Extinction. Yeah, they showed the asteroid hitting the Earth and all the Honestly, dinosaurs. I saw the final cut. It was gruesome. Uh-oh. Not good for kids. Um, it's realistic. It was historical. It was a documentary style. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I have a question. What era 
is Land Before Time set in? Croatic Jurassic. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what era would have been incorrect? To I don't you? know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> I I have a quick question. It, it, when you were a kid, what was your like favorite like animal? Like, did you have like a favorite animal? Because when I was a kid, I was like. I loved, and I don't know why, I loved seahorses because they would be in commercials for Time Life books. I'm old. And uh, <laughs> and, and you just wish that you could carry your own child in your stomach. <laughs> I like have a, so many like right a, now. <laughs> like uh, did, did you have a favorite animal as a kid? I, I did, if no one else does. I mean, I did. I did. I did. Didn't we all? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Yes. Well, well, there's some folks. Well, I, uh, mine was the tiger. Oh, <gasps> classic. I liked the cheetah because it was the fastest, smallest cat, and it can't retract its claws because of the traction and speed that it gives it on the. Oh, like oh. a football player. <laughs> uh, I just liked a regular old cat. Okay, Still so do. A lot of cats on this side. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, I always like. I was like. <laughs> bad. Bad. Uh, I liked the giant squid. When I was a kid. Mm. Oh, oh, weird. Oh, it weird. is weird. Not, <laughs> Did you hate sperm whales then? Because they're enemies? Oh, mortal enemies. Yes, yeah, certainly. <laughs> I hated 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, I think. Never read it. <laughs> what are your favorite, favorite animals? Oh, a koala bear. I had a little stuffed koala. I just, they're so cute and fuzzy. I know they're not actually that soft or kind. No, really. Have you heard them make noise? But I haven't met one. I so heard them when they were on fire. Yeah, have you? Well, oh. <laughs> let's ignore that. Uh, what, what, what songs do they make uh, normally? They, they like... It sounds like someone murdering the actual devil. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Johnny. They're, they're legit like... No, 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 no. <laughs> Look it up. That's exactly what they sound Look like. It yeah. <laughs> Look it up? Yeah. Look it up. Look it up. If you want some nightmare fuel, look up wet koala. <laughs> that sounds like they a look bad thing. Scary. That like, scares me because I know that they're known for having syphilis. Yes, they are. Look yeah, up some wet that's koala real. this evening. <laughs> Do you want some... Moistened gold. <laughs> I don't, but I do want to move on. <laughs> uh, do we think that's on the truth? Was the, the mass extinction was that what the, the ten minutes that was cut? N- no. 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 Okay. What's the true answer? It was just too sad. It was just too sad. Because Why? The, the extinction Why? is mass sad. Extinction. Uh, well, you're you're on the right track, but it was too scary. It was scary. Actually, that's right. That- Spielberg told Bluth, "We'll have kids crying in the lobby because of all the action sequences, especially ones featuring the scary sharp tooth." Mm-hmm. Ironically, only a few years later, Steven Spielberg made an even scarier T-Rex in Jurassic Park, and sure enough, I cried in the lobby. <laughs> Do we get points for being close and kind? <laughs> I will give you points for being close and kind. Yay! I would like to bid five points okay. if Liz sings the Tiger song she started to sing a la West, Story, mm. West Side Story. Oh, the Okay, so what I was singing was the intro to the Jets and Sharks theme song. do 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 Right. But that's not when what When you're we a tiger, about. you're a tiger all the way. You're, yeah. From your stripes to your head to your... Sing it, though. Sh- I have Officer Krupke. <laughs> oh, okay. Sammy, I think somehow you won five points for that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm down with it. I love hearing her sing. All Thank right. you. War Horse of the Worlds. Here's a story from one of our writers uh, of the show, Connor Doyle. Mm. This is in Connor's voice. When I was, when I was like <laughs> six years old, I distinctly remember hiding behind my grandma's couch while my whole family double featured Apollo 13 in Jurassic Park. I've thought about this a lot. There's no way my family didn't know I was behind the couch. That's also like four plus hours of movie. Did I stay behind the couch for four hours? Were my parents like, well, if you can go four hours without pissing or screaming, he's earned some PG-13 time. Anyway, Jurassic Park is a dope movie, and when you watch it at six years old behind a dark couch, it really sticks with you, especially the sounds. No, not Jeff Goldblum's laugh, the dinosaur sounds. 
what specific animal sound was used when the velociraptors communicated with each other? I want Johnny to make the noise, too. <laughs> All right, I want to know, what was the specific animal sound that they used for the uh, Velociraptor Foley? Um, so, cats... And I'm not just saying this because we're all big cat heads over here. <laughs> Cats uh, make this specific sound when they see like a, a prey, uh, and it's like a chirping sound. It was that sound. <laughs> I, I've heard your cat Buster yeah, make this. Sound. He does that. Well, what does your cat perceive as prey mm -hmm. around you? You, it lives in your house with you and your wife. Yeah, we got a ton of mice. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, like birds and, and squirrels and stuff outside. <laughs> so he just it's, it sits inside his living room going, I don't know what noise yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's basically I don't know what noise cats make. make the sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, every noise you make sounds like it's scared. <laughs> A scared yeah. animal. Fear is real. <laughs> Fear is real. Fear is real. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> if an animal were to imitate your voice, what animal would be your voice? Are we talking Pokemon? A parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that's the only real answer. Yeah. Uh, do we think they're uh, telling the truth? Is it cats? No, it's no. A, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. What do we think it is? It's an animal much more closely related. Uh, a chicken. A chicken. Okay. Because they're avian. Um, fun fact about Jurassic Park, since they had more money because it's like a blockbuster, they hired real scientists, and that was the first time that they realized that like dinosaurs were related to chickens. Oh, really? Yeah, so thank God for the movie industry. Otherwise, we couldn't have science. <laughs> That is a fun thing. That, that is true, but the actual animal, um, it was the sound of tortoises having sex. Oh, hell yeah. I also saw a video about that that was circulating oh, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, it, it explains um, you know, that, that scene where the velociraptor look at, looks at Dr. Grant in the eyes after a bust through the ceiling, and the velociraptor goes, I'm gonna come. <laughs> Write that? Yeah, I kind of wrote Absolutely that. Absolutely no, not. No. Connor sent me a text this morning. I woke up to and he said, "Hey, at the end of my Jurassic Park um, question, you don't have to read that joke if you don't want to." No, and I, I said, want everyone to know that Connor Doyle, who now lives in Virginia it, and I assume is trying to have a career, wrote that joke. Does anyone know the phone number for the police in Virginia? <laughs> They, uh, they don't exist. I just want to recommend, though, if anyone wants to know what that sounds like, you can find a video on YouTube of a tortoise having sex with a sandal. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. If I take any more recommendations from you, Madison, I'm going to have to delete my search history. <laughs> I, I can't do this. You're welcome. All right, Schindler's listicle. It's Jawsome. It's time for a question about everyone's favorite adorable alien, known by just the initials that classify him as an alien life form. That's right, Alf. <laughs> yes! On the sitcom ALF, Gordon Shumway crashes with the Tanner family and gets into crazy hijinks as the last known survivor of Planet Melmac. But it turns out there was another alien on the show, Ralph. Every single actor on the sitcom did multiple scenes with Ralph across all four seasons of the show, yet Ralph never made it to primetime. Why was Ralph never featured on the show ALF, and why was he there in the first place? Why was Ralph never featured on the show ALF, and why was he even there? Well, fun fact about ALF, his name is actually the initialism, 
alien life form. Mm -hmm. And the actor that played him, if you go on YouTube, I shared this last week, was a racist, misogynistic piece of garbage. And between takes, he would just yell vulgarities between takes to warm up. He's a piece of work. Don't support him. But watch a video and then go, ugh. What an alien. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Ralph uh, was imaginary. Mm-hmm. That's why he was never seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would it, what? <laughs> Have you ever, are you not familiar with the doppelganger uh, conspiracy, different realities uh, oh, theory? Mm-hmm. Uh, like bigger Luke from Star Wars? <laughs> Hold Thank on. You. Wait, uh, wait, bigger what is, what is, Luke? What is big, what? Well, there's yeah. a bigger Luke. There's Luke and then there's bigger Luke. Yeah, yeah exactly so like that. In, no explanation needed. In, so, in some scenes, Luke Skywalker is like taller than some characters, and then in other scenes, he is shorter than those same characters, mm-hmm. so there's a theory that there is a bigger Luke. Uh, <laughs> I see. Like when Paul McCartney died, and then everyone said, there's bigger a bigger Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I see. Are you talking about the Mandela effect? Like uh, the Bearstein, Bearstein, Bear? Are you talking to me? Bear? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about how, like, have you not seen people that they're like, I saw my own twin, and then they're like, this has to be realities colliding? Is this- oh, y'all, there's tons of videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, it's twin, actually my personal favorite uh, thought of death, you know? Like, different realities, we're all on different planes. Oh. Are y'all joking me? Nobody in this audience is thinking about that? Well, I think about my death constantly. I'm overwhelmed by it. Kayla, explain this theory to me. It sounds interesting. Okay, so let me take you back to this story of this guy that I heard on a podcast. <laughs> so, he was saying that he, they have video footage of this because they had cameras in the lobby. Okay, so he is, like, walking out of his apartment, his girlfriend, exactly like her, okay? They look the same, and she, like, knows him, okay? She's like, fuck you, how... Oh, I'm sorry, can we cuss? I'm so sorry. We've already done it multiple times. My bad. Um, I, so, uh, I said I'm gonna you. come as a tortoise. Okay, that is not a curse word. That is sexy, okay? Um, <laughs> no, but he, his girlfriend is, like, yelling at him, like, well, you piece of shit, I can't believe you do this to me, blah, blah, blah. Gets in the taxi, rides off. Like, he sees her driving off in the taxi. His real girlfriend comes, hugs him on the, in the back, and he's like, what the fuck? Freaks out. They look at the lobby footage. You can see her driving away. This other person is here. They came back into the apartment because she had like fucked up their apartment, and it was actually fucked up. It wasn't just him. So they're like, this has to be... I don't know if I follow, but it sounds interesting. Was what are you talking at? about? You're saying that some, if, if okay, no, I if somebody came and tried to host this podcast, mm. but then it wasn't you, but I would you love walked to in, see somebody try and host please. this fucking podcast. Honestly, though, yeah. that I'm sounds true. like an yeah, episode of Boiling Points. Boiling Points. What is I don't boiling know what that points? is. Boiling Points from MTV. Yeah. <laughs> where, well, it was kind of like punked, except it was like, how much can I piss off someone that's not famous? I see. Oh, yeah, it sounds like yeah. a set of twins just decided to fuck with some guy. But like, her dad was a police officer and they did like a subpoena of like the surrounding areas to be like okay you're crazy because she the dad was like you can't marry her if you're gonna believe this and which season of elf was the third (laughs) do we do we was ralph imaginary no No. ralph was the like stand-in that they would use so that the you know they like opposite shots yeah like uh that is correct yeah elf was alien life form and also the house of alien life form Very nice. Correct is kind. Terrifying. Yeah, correct is boring. Doppelganger's funny. (laughs) That's true. You're not. Look up the videos on YouTube. I'm not joking. I will look that up. Freaked me out. I'm very interested. Uh, (laughs) War Horse of the Worlds. Not every. Not every Spielberg movie was a success. In 1979, Spielberg directed a period war action comedy called 1941. Mm. What? Lamp. You ever heard of this? This is. It is hot garbage, y'all. Yeah. Lampooning the sense of panic in Los Angeles immediately following Pearl Harbor, the film features such comedic (laughs) actors as Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, and John Candy. But the cast wasn't quite as star studded as it could have been. 
who turned down a role in 1941 because they felt it was, quote, un-American. Was it that turned down a role in 1941 because it was un-American? Bill Murray. Bill Murray. <laughs> Got it in one. So, uh, Bill Murray, a famous pot user, anti... Pot? Wow. What? Well, let's get into 1979 oh mindset. Oh, my God. Green! What, what, do the, what do the hit millennials call pot? Green stuff. Green stuff. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so uh, he always hates authoritarianism. Uh, so why would he turn down a movie that's anti-American yeah. if he's, you know, such a freewheeling wild card? He yeah. just wanted to keep it simple. It's anti-American. He was in stripes mm-hmm. just previous. Yeah, that's as American pretty as it pro-American. gets. pro-American. <laughs> a, a very bad comedy film that's pretty pro-American. Yeah. <laughs> Some great shower shots in that one. What? <laughs> what? Oh, it just like my parents, I was 13, and they were like, oh, Stripes, it's a great movie. We should watch this. And then that's the first time I saw like a lot of Bush. Huh. <laughs> like there were like what? shower scenes where the guys were watching the women in the shower and they were lathering their bushes. What, mm. uh, what do millennials call bushes? Green stuff. Green stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Was it uh, Bill Murray that turned it down? Who I, no. Isn't he no, Canadian? No, no, no. Is no. Bill Canadian? Who gives a shit? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, okay. What do we think? No. Tell me the truth? It would have been, uh, he just came off The Candidate, which is about American politics, Robert Redford. Mm. Robert Redford. Mm. And also a fun fact about this movie, uh-huh. the opening of the movie features a woman swimming uh, in the water late at night, the same woman from Jaws, which Spielberg directed, mm. and she uh, gets pulled underwater and screams, just like the opening of Jaws, and it's a Japanese submarine rising out of the water. The invasion of California begins. Wow, that that's very interesting. the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the movie like only gets worse. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Like, I have a memory of that scene. Just that, and you turned it off. Yeah. Uh, you were close with Robert Redford, um, but I would have accepted either John Wayne or Charlton Heston. Oh, both. They, oh. they both turned it down. That's right. Wow. Yeah. What, what about Bill Murray, though? Bill Murray loved it. <laughs> what specifically was un-American about it? Just, like, the idea of it? John Wayne and Charlton Heston. They, they have their own idea of what American <laughs> That's is. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Shindos, what's the coolest? Jossum. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go on record and say that Indiana Jones is the coolest character who has ever existed. My dude is a tenure professor who can... Why did I get a laugh from that? that <laughs> name a cooler character. Oh, wait. Jake, do you have any response? Rick Sanchez. Whoa! From Rick and Morty. Is, is Rick Sanchez cooler than Ian Jones? I'm going to say no. Jake, I'm going to take points away from you. <laughs> no. Welcome to the club, Jake. Can I have Jake's uh, points, please? I'm sorry? Can I have Jake's points? You cannot have Jake's points. In fact, I'm going to dock you some points for even... What? No! Okay, fine. You can have points. You can keep your points, but I'm going to give Jake more points. <laughs> Okay, Jake, you're in the mix. All right. Anyway, let's get on to business here. Um, Speaking of Indiana, we've all probably heard the popular nickname for its residents, but have we ever really thought about where that cool nickname comes from? What is the origin of the term Hoosier used to refer to people from Indiana? Where does the term Hoosier come from? <laughs> All right. I would just like to share that our 
born and bred Texan, <laughs> Kayla, uh-huh. was was like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. what, what, what? I love so. Kevin Smith and his movies. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah, and I thought that he. Didn't he do a movie called Hosier? <laughs> Call, Hosier. Like, like, are, 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 are Canadians called Hoosiers? I'm like, that's Hosers. Yeah. Honestly, I'm deaf in one ear. It all sounds the same to me. <laughs> Isn't Kevin Smith from like New Jersey? Yes. But okay. doesn't his daughter, Harley Quinn, live in Canada? I don't know. I think she was on Degrassi or something. <laughs> huh. Kevin Smith was on Degrassi. So they'd all, yeah, it makes sense. I said what, it was, it was right what I said. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh, the answer is it has to do with horses. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Continue. Uh, sh- that's sure. the noise they make when they ride a horse. The people. That's the noise the people make mm-hmm. when they ride a horse. Can you demonstrate, yeah. please? Yeah, g- give me. Can you give me a demonstrate? Like, give me a scenario, and I'll make the noise. Hey. Make. You're, on, you're on a horse. Get on me. Hoosier. <laughs> Hoosier. I accept this as you are my master now. <laughs> that's a very polite horse. Give I, her five points. I think I'm gonna no. <laughs> no. Does anyone have a favorite character from Degrassi? Jimmy. Oh, my God. Jimmy, yeah. What's your name, ma'am? Emily. Thank you, Emily. You are now in the game. Hey, Emily, Emily, I will have to say something to you. Jimmy was a dick and a toxic boyfriend. Wow. So, um, wow. What? Yeah. yeah to, yes, to all of them. <laughs> what is this show? Oh! <laughs> okay, no. listen. Hold on. I guess... Kayla, if you're going to have a debate, we got to get Emily on mic. Okay, Emily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm no. honestly, I'm literally upset. Like, I don't, nobody deserves, like, I, I'm glad that he had a budding rap career so he would be off the show, you know? Huh. I can't believe you're saying that about someone who ended up in a wheelchair. What does that indicate about you? Um, okay, <laughs> okay, that did suck. But that, okay, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm pro-disabilities because just because you're in a wheelchair doesn't mean you can't be an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, you know what I mean? Like, everybody is a person, and if you want to be an asshole, it does not matter what you, you can and can't do. You are proving that right now. Well, I know. Oh. oh, my God. Follow me on Instagram. I say I'm a bitch all the time. <laughs> Emily, that was spicy. I like the girl with the thong. <laughs> Manny? Manny. That's, she's my favorite. She did have a wonderful character arc. Is her character arc that she went from regular panties to thong panties? Yes. Well, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. It's the sound you make when you're riding a horse. No, it's, yep. no, it's not. Uh, what do we think the, uh, the origin is? Uh, I think it's just like an affectation from like uh, saying who is your, who's your, uh, like a who's your daddy? of that. Okay. <laughs> you're, uh, you're on the right track. Um, mm. The answer is nobody knows. <laughs> Oh, I man. think so. Let me so let me let me let me share some fun some fun things. It showed up in a poem written in the 1830s about Indiana, but it's clear that by that point it was already being used, and the poem didn't really explain what it means. So there's a bunch of different theories, uh, but one of the most fun ones uh, fun. is yeah. Here's a fun one. Uh, people from Indiana used to get into completely ridiculous bar fights so frequently that the next morning someone would come into the bar, find a severed human ear on the floor, and ask whose ear. Oh no. So that one's probably right. Oh, yeah. Multiple ears have been lost. Apparently so. Just ears. Yeah, so anyway, the answer oh. was no one knows. <laughs> War Horse of the Worlds. Steven Spielberg doesn't have many flops on his resume, but boy, oh boy, was the terminal a big one. Really? <laughs> Tom Hanks stars as a man from a made-up country who gets stuck in JFK Airport while his home country ceases to exist while he's flying to New York due to a military coup. Mm. I didn't know that, and it makes me want to watch this film. It, I thought it was a fine movie. Well... 
that's fine. It's okay. like Tom Hanks does bulky, is what it is. <laughs> okay. Honestly, you're, yes, uh, that's great. Always selling this to I'm me. I'm sold. Yeah. So there's some fun hijinks along the way, including an appearance from uh, Let Sleeping Dogs Live favorite in front of the show, Stanley the Tooch Tucci. But overall, the movie is considered a pretty big disappointment. And the only movie that Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg have collaborated on, n- excuse me, the only movie they've collaborated on not to receive any Oscar nominations. Mm. Uh, my question, though, is about the music. How did composer John Williams come up with a national anthem for the fictional country of Krakosia in the terminal? I like pleasure spiked with pain and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. Somber, sweet and sour Jane and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. All right, what do we think? How did John Williams come up with this national anthem of this fake country? I believe all, all he did really was take uh, a national anthem that existed in a major key and put it in a minor key. I believe that was it. Okay. Oh, uh, sure. What national anthem did he take? I don't yeah. know. And that's the kind of honesty that you can expect from me. <laughs> You've got my vote. Thank you. <laughs> Have you ever done like such shenanigans in your life, like changing up one minor thing uh, to get by? Do you, do you, I don't, that's a crazy question, but I, luckily for you, I have an answer to bail you out. Uh, do you, ever, you know that, that, the classic like, high school senior prank where you, uh, you, you get three pigs and you spray paint uh, the number, numbers on them? <laughs> the first pig you put Classic one. prank. Classic on. prank. I'm yeah. from the South. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so you spray, yeah. Paint, you spray paint one on the first pig, two on the second pig, and you spray paint four on the, on the third uh, pig, and that way the principal runs around all day trying to find that third pig. That's <laughs> amazing. Um... What did, what did the pigs? What does the rider of the pig say when he's riding around? Hoosier. No, no. Um, speaking of pranks, this is something I've always wanted to do, but I never have. Maybe I will someday. But I want to have a party and like have Spotify playing, but then just intersperse some of those mixed up tracks because there's like a whole YouTube rabbit hole where they've taken a song that's in a major key and put it in a minor or vice versa. And so it's then, a song that you know and it's familiar to you, but there's something off about it throughout oh, the song. Yeah. And like play, like mix them in, and just see like who at this party will notice that it's wrong. And then another thing that's my favorite is the Phil Collins in the air tonight. But they take the drum solo out, (laughs) so like you're listening, and everyone's like, (laughs) "What? Nothing?" So yeah, that kind of thing, major, minor, and what if pretty good? What if you just made a whole playlist of just like the minor versions of popular songs. It's just kind of like a spooky, unsettling Isn't party. That, is it called Kids dissonance? Great till they gotta <laughs> is that called great. dissonance? When you change the dissonance is two uh, like, notes together that don't oh, match. Yeah. C- can I hear two of them? <laughs> That's a, that was perfect, though. What's the bad one? <laughs> You're fun. I'm tired of learning. What's, um, <laughs> what they're telling the truth was a, uh, take a... a, a, a uh, pre-existing? Yeah. Oh, it was close. It was close. close it was close. Okay. Yeah, it was... Uh, they took, they did that, but they took it also an existing, an extant mm-hmm. uh, national anthem and put it, played it in reverse, basically. They did progression in reverse. Oh, man, both of you are so close. It's very, very close. You're, you're, you're both on the right track. What he did was he took the national anthem of Albania and just had actors sing gibberish words over the it's top the of it. the actual mm. one? It's the actual, just straight up the John! actual. John! Yeah. A lot John! of countries have the same tune, like Finland and Estonia. Really? The music is the same, it's just different What's words. the copyright rules on national anthems? Uh, I, if they were written uh, by Charlie Chaplin, I believe they're a fair game at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> did they hire improvisers to do the gibberish? Uh, yeah, I hope so. 
<laughs> okay. That made me laugh a lot. I'm oh, sorry. good, good. I'm, I'm glad it was. Schindler's List of Cool is awesome. For every Spielberg film that became a global blockbuster smash like The Terminal, there's one of his obscure passion projects like Jaws. In 2011, Spielberg made The Adventures of Tintin, a CGI action adventure based on a comic by a Belgian cartoonist. Um, this cartoonist published his Tintin comic from 1929 until his death in 1983. Incidentally, while on uh, excuse me, while an old Belgian man was making kids' cartoons, actual kids in Belgium were acting like adults. Until the 1970s, what grown-up habit was acceptable for Belgian kids to do in school? Sure. What was it these kids in Belgium were doing in school? Smoking. Smoking. Smoking what? The green stuff. Oh. That's none of your business. <laughs> Would they smoke it in class or like during breaks or? Well, it was the 70s and this is before it was like really common knowledge that smoking and secondhand smoke were bad, especially for children or it was kind of like, you know, swept under because it was adult. So it was in school, in the classroom. Yeah, just whenever they wanted a cigarette. Mm, yeah, because they're cool, bro. Mm. Honestly, that rules. <laughs> I wish I could smoke. Were you, were you guys like looking at? I want to guess like if you were like a, a rule follower or a rule breaker in high school. Okay, Ooh. do it. Oh, I think <laughs> Madison's a rule follower. Yeah. Uh, no. What? Uh, Maddie, like this is for real. Maddie has like the wildest stories of anyone at either of these tables. I, I want to hear one. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The closest I got to getting arrested in high school. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Was when um, I I didn't like drinking. That was for big kids, you know. Uh, but every once in a while, someone would procure a case of balls, Ooh. which is an for anyone younger than thirty three. What, what are, balls what? is an energy drink that's illegal in like half the states because of the caffeine content. It's illegal. It's illegal. I was states. chugging that stuff. That's what's up. That's Florida. Yeah. Okay? yeah mate. Uh, and it would come in these blue bottles and. Yeah. Like you want some balls, um, and I was at a steak and shake, and I chugged like two balls. two balls, and then I was like, I want to put on a paintball mask and walk through that McDonald's drive-through and oh try my to God. order some. <laughs> I know. Why? No. A, why a paintball mask? Because In case I they had paintball guns. We were like theater kids, and I was just raiding people's trunks. So I put on a cape. I <laughs> like, I put on a uh, French maid's outfit what? and a paintball mask. And I just... Have you been looking through my internet search history? <laughs> and so I, uh, I was like walking through the drive-thru and I was like, I like a Big Mac, you know, standing there with a car behind me. And then I was like, whoop, whoop, like these lights came on and it was like a police officer who just happened to be in that parking lot eating dinner. <laughs> Amazing. And then he came over and he was like, what's up? And I was like, I'm not drunk. <laughs> I'm just trying to order a sandwich. <laughs> uh, and I spent the next like 10 minutes just going, just shake my hand. Oh, just boy. shake my Jesus. hand. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he let me go. Oh. I'm pretty sure the only rule broken there was walking through the drive-thru. You are not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do <laughs> it. I found, I found that out as well. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Was it uh, smoking? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, you were close. They they did trick you. Uh, it was actually drinking, drinking beer. Oh, oh that's right. In traditional Belgian culture, people, including kids, drank table beer with their meals. Oh, that's nice. Oh, 
Oh, that's isn't that cute. nice? Yeah. Right on the table. Right on the table. Hmm. All right. This is going to be the uh, last question for Warhorse of the World. Having run out of original scripts to produce and direct, Spielberg gave us the BFG in 2016. <laughs> the movie was based on the book of the same name by author Roald Dahl. Dahl didn't get to start as a writer doing kid stories, though. He started by writing pro-allied propaganda to combat nationalism and promote UK interests in the United States, along with James Bond creator Ian Fleming. His knack for storytelling caught the eye of MI6, and he was moved to a special assignment spying on FDR directly on behalf of Winston Churchill. Why did Churchill have Roald Dahl write regular reports on FDR's activity? What do we think? Why did Churchill have Roald Dahl write regular reports on FDR's activities? Uh, because he was in a real, uh, like, a penis battle uh-huh. with FDR. A dick measuring contest? Yeah, he was a in penis a dick battle, measuring please. contest. And he, you know, when it came to, like, the World War, he was like, I'm the one that saved the world. And, you know, he really... <laughs> which, which one was that? <laughs> Who was that? That, that was Churchill. <laughs> And just what real does quick, FDR sound like? Just real quick for uh, coverage, let me get an FDR from here real quick. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I'm the one. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. Uh, FDR was just like, shake my hand. And it was a real, like, freedom dick measuring contest. And, you know, he... A penis battle. <laughs> Sorry, penis battle. Uh, and so he really wanted to know, because Roald Dahl had gotten... He had infiltrated the penis. He wanted to know... Are we speaking in metaphor or not? Metaphor. Uh-huh. Uh, the penis is America in the White House. And um, anyway, he just wanted to know, like, the progress that FDR was making, uh, because he wanted to be better. He wanted to make his penis bigger. All right. <laughs> and that's the answer. <laughs> no question. No question. <laughs> So, so Winston... No questions! <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to ask... Yeah, so, no, 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 sorry. Yeah. We're not going to ask you any questions. We'll just, we'll just confabulate over here. Uh, so how would you infiltrate the penis of America? Um, a catheter. Well, <laughs> wait, excuse me. No questions. Infiltrate the penis? Isn't that just like, don't you have to go through the urethra? So that's like a <laughs> test. I think it's an STI test is how you do that. All right. I've so, just peed in the cup. I don't so, have to put it in. Spencer, anything. can I tell a story? Uh, maybe. All right. This is a fantastic story. Kind of. All right. So, <laughs> much like Hank Hill, I had a urethra stricture. Sure. Which means a narrow urethra. And I had to go, oh, oh, fuck the lights. <laughs> so, I had to go to hospital to get what they call urethral dilation. It's that they shove a tube up your pee pee and they expand it. No, wait, you're unconscious. It's okay. <laughs> Here's the bad part. Oh. While I was in the ER waiting to have this procedure done, it's like, you know, bing bong, you're in and out. Uh, <laughs> The, much like on Grey's Anatomy, the anesthes- anesthesiologist and the nurse started flirting while I was in the little the gurney. At this point, I had been, uh, whatever, had a little blood bag in me. They had moved my cart over the little tube of the, for the blood bag, and there was a pool of blood <gasps> spreading underneath my blood, pumping out of my body oh, oh. while they were... Flirting with each other. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, so what are you doing this weekend? Not... And they both just kind of stopped and looked underneath the cart, and they saw this pool of blood. And I went, hey, what's going on? <laughs> Don't worry. It's good. Yeah, but then they gave you free uh, catheter penis enlargements for life. 
That's right. Very nice. <laughs> you just, that thing's like a wind tunnel as you see it. <laughs> did you say a wooden tunnel? Oh, I didn't, but, you know. It's just whistling Dixie down. Whistling Dixie down. Are they telling the truth? No, 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 absolutely not. No. What's no. the correct answer? Um, I think it was, wasn't it because he had polio and he wanted to be like, hey, Hitler and everyone, we are strong. I don't know if I understand what you're... What you're... <laughs> it's, it's Roald Dahl would write fictional reports about FDR's health that would be intercepted mm-hmm. by yeah. the Axis. I see. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just because Churchill wanted to get to know him better. <laughs> that's Aww, not, isn't that's that nice? nice. <laughs> yeah, even though Churchill admired and respected FDR, he found conversation with him uncomfortable and couldn't get a sense of what he was thinking. <laughs> So Churchill hoped that Dahl's reports could give him some clues as to what made the American president tick. That's so sweet. That's really Isn't that nice? nice? It's kind of like following him on Instagram. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't really have to be friends, but I'll get to know him. <laughs> Madison, it wasn't a penis battle. It was a penis get to know ya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a penis handshake. <laughs> I call that something different. <laughs> Schindler's Listicle, it's Jawsome. This is the last question of the night, and it is for you. The last movie Spielberg directed was Ready Player One, a boring movie based on a mediocre book that everyone liked for a year until they didn't. (laughs) The book is written by Ernest Cline, a child of the 80s who describes himself as addicted to video games and movies. Ready Player One was his first novel. However, Ernest Cline found success before the novel. What other form of artistic expression brought Ernest Cline notoriety in the late 90s and early 2000s? And bring back... What, what do we think? What was this form of artistic expression? Uh, he is a polymath, and he actually did multiple things uh, in the 90s, and each of us have actually been a fan of his for different reasons. I was a fan of his in the 90s because of his fan fiction. Okay. Uh, I loved his solo album work, uh, not on Spotify, but on SoundCloud still. Mm-hmm. And I liked his uh, cartoon drawings. <laughs> Sure. Cartoon drawings of his own creations or of other things? Of his own creations, but they were loosely based on, like, the video game kind of inspired by that Mm -hmm. world. What was his uh, solo album? Like, what was the genre? Um, It was postmodern. Postmodern what? Postmodern jives. Like, postmodern jams. He was just vibing. He really, like, wanted to vibe out because he had, like, written so many stories. You know what I mean? He just needed something that didn't have a narrative path. But the but coincidentally, it does the music does pair really well with his cartoons and his stories, kind huh. of like how Dark Side of the Moon goes with Wizard of Oz. When you yeah, say cartoons, you, are you saying like comics? Yeah, like a like comic. Yeah, not like a cartoon. Yeah, it's not animated. Do you remember when Keith Moon made um, <laughs> Wizard of Oz? Go on. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I I. Uh, I take umbrage with, with this answer because I, I think uh, Ready Player One was kind of fan fiction in itself. It is. Oh, interesting. It's mm-hmm. the whole thing mm-hmm. is okay. fiction. So what, what fan, fan fiction did he write before he wrote the greatest fan fiction of all time? He would take uh, cartoons from the 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s like Thundercats, G.I. Joe. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the one. Uh, and he would write further adventures of those like Dungeons and Dragons famously canceled early he'd write more cartoons for that Gummy Bears he'd write his own version of Gummy Bears so what type of like is it alternate universe is it coffee house is it, is it or is it slash or is it like self insert OC which is what Ready Player <laughs> One on, is stop. 
Liz, yeah. describe every single one of those in detail, please. Okay, so alternate universe is just like these characters in an alternate universe. So like, oh, they're not monsters, they're high school teens. Uh, coffee shop is your favorite characters in a coffee shop. Uh, I'm sorry, why is that a what? genre? Okay. <laughs> you don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, slash fiction is just like a pairing. So someone slash someone. Sure, like Han Solo slash Luke Skywalker. Yes, uh, and self-insert OC is your own original character that you've inserted into the narrative. I see. Isn't Coffee Shop just like a version of alternate reality? This is true. Okay. I can't explain it. Look at AO3. I don't get it. What is AO3? AO3 is... Uh, oh my God. Uh, uh, archive the, of our own. Uh, archive of our own. What do you the, know? It. What is this? We're all perverts. Okay. We're perverts! <laughs> all right. Thank, finally, an answer I accept. Uh, do we think they're telling the truth uh, with, with uh, uh, any of these three answers? And I will let you give your own three answers if you'd like. Oh, we'll give our own. Why not? <laughs> Great. Hit me. Now? <laughs> the show's ending. Oh, sure. He, he whittled. Whittled. Great. Famous whittler. <laughs> <laughs> he made Rubik's Cube art. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. And Liz? I think he was in a grunge band. Oh, a grunge yeah. band. Okay, very nice. Um, One of those has got to be right. <laughs> of those six, of them? six, yeah. Six answers. Um, you, you're, you're all kind of, uh, you know, if you combine them all, I think you get what he did, what? which was slam poetry. Ah! Poetry. That's kind of a coffee shop AU, depending on where you're doing <laughs> yeah, it. Huh? So, yeah. That's so true. All right. Well, at the end of the game, I've got some point totals here. Um, I've got uh, Emily. Is slam Emily has poetry 10. rapping. Slam poetry is uh, white people rapping. Yes. <laughs> uh, Emily has left the game with 10 points. Very good, Emily. Uh, Jake, very good. 15 points. Hey! Not bad. Uh, but you guys uh, both really, you, uh, you didn't contribute that much. So unfortunately, uh, Schindler's Listicle is going to lead the game with 60 points, which means War Horse of the World is 65 points. Our big one. Hey! 65. Great, cool. 65. Wait, someone said give him four more. Jake said give him four more. That's uh, four genius. More I think Jake four should Jake just won the game. Points. 69 points. Yes. Wow. Nice. Amazing. I want to thank both teams. I want to thank Jake, Emily, everyone else in the audience, our opening team, everyone at home. Thank you for DJ ripping the booth. We'll see you next week, folks. Woo! Let Sleeping Dogs Lies recorded in front of a live audience every Wednesday at 7.30, right here in Chicago at the world-famous IO Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, go to ioimprov.com and use the code FETCH for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week... Kayla Mullenix performs with Cool Aunt every second Thursday at 8 p.m. at the I.O. Theater. You can also see her there this Friday, February 21st at 8 p.m., performing her two-woman sketch show, Spectacular Spectacular. Liz Anderson can be heard on her podcasts, Campaign, Paired, and Autonomic. Madison Kirby can be seen performing with her improv team, Chunky Puppies. Heather Scholl can be seen performing in Chicago with Anarchy, an improvised rock opera. Johnny O'Mara co-hosts the podcast Dilettante Ball, which can also be found right here on Arcade Audio. And as always, Sammy Tamimi can be found all around Chicago, performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. <laughs>
Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.